Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show. Macatrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Neil Coolong today on the Steelers. Good win for them. Nearly blew it, but they hung on against Denver. And then, of course, there's Juju Smith-Schuster out for probably the rest of the year, out four months with the shoulder surgery coming after the hit he took in the win against Denver. So we'll get more on that. And I'm sure I'll have something to say about John Gruden's epic fall as head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, as that has been dominating the sports headlines. That and uh, Kyrie Irving not being, he'll not be playing for the Nets until he's basically vaccinated due to the New York protocols right now. But starting with Gruden, obviously when you, it's one thing where something comes out that somebody says or, or did 10 years ago that might have been racially insensitive, whatever, but then you, the more and more you heard, you can tell that there was a problem. And there were a lot of damning insights from others, including one of Gruden's former players in Tampa, Keyshawn Johnson, on first take today, on this, him not being totally surprised. And it's just really strange just to and stunning to see all this come out at once and to see in the middle of Monday Night Football last night John Gruden who used to be in that booth stepping down from the Raiders amid all these reports and now you have the special teams coach taking over in the interim meanwhile on the the field the Raiders have lost two straight and they got to go to Denver this week for a divisional matchup so things are not great right now with with the Raiders now, apparently all this has been, has been done through the Washington football team investigations because Bruce Allen was associated with a lot of these emails back and forth with John Gruden. So my, my next question is, well, one, where's Roger Goodell in coming out with a statement on this as to how all this came about, his actual thoughts on Gruden's insensitive remarks against him in some of these emails? But then secondly, 
is there going to now be account- more accountability now for those in the Washington football team? I get they've done a couple things already, but there's still been nothing handed down individually to Daniel Snyder, who is overseeing all this. And if that, and if he's not getting anything because you have someone who writes the checks as to someone who cashes them, like a John Gruden, then that is a major, major problem that we're not talking about yet when it comes to the NFL and its leadership as they are claiming to try to move away from all these things. Because if they don't ultimately hold Dan Snyder accountable, Bruce Allen has been held accountable to some extent after the initial reports came out, of course. But Dan Snyder is still the majority owner of the Washington football team, even though they've made all those changes, which were good. But... The only way to hold him accountable is to make him forfeit owning the team. So while, of course, John Gruden deservedly so steps down and likely is having his coaching career over amidst all this, the main culprit in all this, Daniel Snyder, who's, who we know for a fact was involved with all these emails and all this other stuff that went on behind the scenes, needs to be fully held accountable or what the NFL is doing in terms of all these racial racial equality and all the, these types of initiatives that they're doing really is just hypocritical because the man who's one of the richest people right now in the NFL, one of the owners of one of your most historic franchises, is still not being fully held accountable. He may be silent. He may not, You may not hear from him anymore because the team is trying to take a different direction. And they've done a fairly good job of that for the most part. He's still majority owner of that football team. So he still needs to be held accountable. Plain and simple. Holding account- Who are you being holding accountable now? I'm saying now Daniel Snyder needs to be fully held accountable and should no longer be the majority owner. After all this has gone on, the fallout of John Gruden, the fallout of everything else surrounding his football team, Washington football team, he is still majority owner. So where's the accountability against him in all this? That's my biggest question at this point. And where is Roger Goodell? Why is he silent on this? Those are my two biggest so, questions coming out of this. Of course, of course, everything that happened to John Gruden is righteous, but where's the other part of of the accountability here with the other main culprit involved in all this? That's all I'm saying, because that's where all this came out from, is investigating Dan Snyder and the way he handled everything and, and behind the scenes with Washington. You feel better now? I do, yes. Okay, good. Just making sure. <laughs> Look, it's a disgrace, okay? I only met Gruden one time. Okay. One time. Remember they did that Outback Bowl a few years ago? Yes. He and Mike, he and Mike Tirico. Now, now, Mike Tirico, just so everybody knows, my college roommate, Dave Bullard, when Dave and I were college roommates at Wilkesbury, and also in State College, okay, awesome guy. And he grew up in Fulton, New York, just north of Syracuse. Well, when we came out, Dave's a 
terrific broadcaster. He ended up eventually going to Channel, I think it was Channel 5 in Syracuse. Well, the sports anchor there they introduced me to was Mike Tarico. That's, that's how far back I've crossed paths with Mike Tarico. Okay. So yeah, you see Mike and say, hey, Mike, hey, Steve, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. <laughs> and of course, Gruden's with him. And it's like you almost want to apologize. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin your day by standing here. <laughs> I didn't mean to say hi to Mike. It's my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> so that's the only time. I didn't walk away. How about enamored? How about that? As these, the emails are disgusting, they speak for themselves. And... And as usual, Matt wants everybody fired. <laughs> well, everybody has been. I just want the main guy left. The big fish in the room. That's all. <laughs> hey, it's, you know, here. You want everybody fired. I mean, wanted I mean, you in this case? Well, the number of times you've gone to management trying to fire me has been, you know. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. <laughs> Everything's an excuse. Gordon writes an email. Can we fire Steve? <laughs> no, God! No, God! No, God! All right. So. Same. What's the day's date? The 12th. Okay. Just checking on something. All right. Wonderful. Okay. So you want you want him fired. Daniel Snyder removed. I do. I also would like to see Kyrie Irving retire. But that's a different topic. Um, Christian Vasquez? Well, it is what it is there. (laughs) (laughs) It was a great series. Doesn't mean I have to be happy with the outcome. We'll leave it at that. Well, oh, I got to get the Dave and Jameson. Dave, Dave sent me uh, a um, an email yesterday, and the email is it essentially says, "How do you explain this?" <laughs> and it shows Charlie Jones. Can you explain the rule where this play was called a touchdown? I said there is no rule. Dave, there is no rule to cover that. It shows Jones with the ball in his left hand. Now, Jones is doing the right thing in terms of, you know, the tackle's coming from his right, so he's got the ball in his left, so that's fundamentally correct. He's got locked up against his chest, fundamentally correct. But he's way out of bounds, and he takes his right hand, and he swipes and hits the pylon with his right hand. So... 
Dave writes to me, can you explain the rule where this was play was called the touchdown? And Dave, there is no rule. <laughs> That's not a touchdown, okay? You just can't. Yeah, you just can't. I will say, let, let's do this in two parts. Let's talk about the official on the field. The officials on the field in real time see the guy dive to that that pylon and like and see the pylon go. They call it a touchdown. There's nothing wrong with them calling a touchdown of that play. In fact, the trail official is actually blocked from seeing Jones's arm by the the body of the Penn State player. I have no problem with that. So let's go back to the Auburn game for a moment. This is actually wrong. I believe it or not. Yes. I'm going to praise the SEC officials here. Okay? Oh, my almighty! All right. Remember the play? I think it was the fourth, it was the fourth quarter where the balls, uh, where Nick's completed a pass. I think it was the Hunter. And he's hit by Joey Porter Jr. Ball comes out. Joey Porter Jr. picks it up and runs it back for a touchdown. The officials called it a touchdown on the field. Okay? Which is the right way to officiate it. In other words, it's a touchdown, it's a scoring play. Okay, they're going to review it anyway to make sure. So it's a turnover and a score. So they're going to review it. When they do go upstairs to review it, they determine the runner correctly was down and then the ball came out his backside went down squarely still had the ball no doubt boom then we finally hit the bag the ball came out joey picked it up and scored so they officiated it all the way through correctly on saturday on that play the on the field officials officiated correctly in terms of like the speed whatever we saw i thought it was a touchdown boom and now we're going to at least let the replay booth confirm whether we got it right or not, just like the Penn State-Auburn game. Now, how they can possibly – I mean, I, I didn't – I on the air, I was very generous about this. It probably didn't have the right angle, the whole thing, because the replays we were looking at, it took us a little bit to look at, okay, where are his feet? Well, his feet's inbound. He's got control of the ball. And then, of course, we see the arms swipe the pylon, but we see it done in such a way where they didn't have the best angle on it. But we knew it was the wrong call, but we didn't really get into it too much, okay, to be fair. Um, and you didn't. I didn't want to get into one of these we're going to complain left and right. And I'm only talking about it now because Dave emailed it with a picture showing it as clear as clear gets. So how can this be ruled a touchdown? Dave, it shouldn't be ruled a touchdown, but it's, you know, it's it's the replay officials, not the on-the-field officials. That should be held accountable for that. Is that a fair enough answer, Matt? That is... Because I, I, I thought it was – I'm with Dave. I thought that was clear as day when watching it on the Fox broadcast. I mean, I know you want all the replay officials fired. 
Well, I mean, that, that just adds to the laundry list of complaints that I've had with officials in all aspects of college football this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, the replay... Since... I remember when Matt Lehman at Nebraska in 2012, and they made that call. I'm like, well, look, he's like, what are you doing here? How can you make that call? There have been a, several calls, and not just in Penn State games, in other games, where I sit back and say, look, if you're going to do this, let's at least be 75 to 80% correct. Let's not just make it a roll of the dice all the time. And I feel like some of these are getting to be a little bit of a roll in the dice up there where they got to take a long look at the, how they're doing this stuff. And I'm not big on centralizing. Because part of this is Chicago gets involved in this. I don't want Chicago involved. Just have the guys that are there do their job. After that, whatever. Okay. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back, find out who else Matt wants fired. Is there anybody else? You want Snyder out. You got Gruden fired. Is there anybody on Friday night you want to see out? Not at the moment, actually. Are you sure? For now, yes. Suddenly, out of nowhere, you're supportive of the suit. No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How about that? It must have been a, a financial transaction. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. S U I T. That spells suit. Da! Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Back here on the Steve Jones Show. I'm Matt Catrillo here with you in the producer chair, and Steve is there in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, there you are. Yes. How was that? uh, So this morning's job was to stack the second quarter with this morning, so we took care of that. That's good. Yeah, so. Oh, hey, winter's coming, man. Yeah, you got to stock up now. (laughs) So so I was telling you the story yesterday about, about how I get the text during the game, but the text was like an hour old when I saw it. About and the guy that delivered the wood, and, and obviously this guy went, lives under a rock, but that's a different topic. <laughs> no, that's okay. It's like it's, I didn't order the wood. To right, the, I know. Not, Kathy did. It was, yes. not, it was not under my name. Right, it was Kathy. But but my phone number was given. So I open up the iPad, and Jack and I are looking at stats, and the email pops up. Or not the email, the text pops up. And he goes, oh. He says, oh, so they're delivering the wood. I said, yeah. So I just texted, okay, you can deliver it, whatever. He says, so what are you getting? He says, he says, he says he, 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 you got to make sure you get hardwood. I said, well, I'm getting ash and oak. He goes, oh, two great ones. He says, here's another way. He says, you get a chance to get cherry. 
Cherry's really good. Now, this is people wonder what we talk about in commercial breaks sometimes. <laughs> it's not always what you think it is. <laughs> That's amazing. It's not always what you think it is. But he's right. Cherry yeah. is a good one. I've used that on the grill. No. Oh, it's outstanding. Great hardwood. Right? Burns well, the whole deal. Uh, so. So that's just a little story beyond. Tonight is a big night. It is not just the opening of the NHL season tonight. For the first time ever, the Seattle Kraken play an official game. They'll play at the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. So let's give the... I've mentioned this before, but it's worth mentioning again. Obviously, we're in a business world. I know it used to be one of the funny things that the suit and I would do on the show is that he hated when I talked business and money because he felt like it took away from the aura of what sports is. Right, and I understand. I you know, and I understand how he feels. I mean, I do. But it's important because it is what it is. The NHL's gone along for years and years and years, and you know, you know, they've gotten a little more popular, a little more popular. And but they've had three lockouts. If you're wondering why Bettman gets booed like he gets booed, it's because of the lockouts more than anything else. Okay, but now let's look at what this guy has done in the last six years as the commissioner of the NHL. And again, let's be again trying to be fair here. He, they get a labor agreement, big plus. You would have thought that the NBA would be the first one to get into the Vegas market. Yeah, the NBA, you know, they think. There's been a lot of progressive thinking with the NBA, forward thinking, and so forth. Now, they've been burned a bit because, I mean, obviously, um, everything that happened with China was a big setback for the NBA, um, both financially and also perception. Okay? Um, the... Um, but they didn't get into Vegas. Who went to Vegas first? The NHL did. And not only that, they made it work. Okay? They made it work. Okay. Then, what market has been sitting there, sitting there, sitting there ever since Kevin Durant came into the league? Because Durant played his rookie year there. Seattle. Durant was a Seattle Supersonic. He played for the Sonics his rookie year. And then they transferred to Oklahoma City, and that market's been sitting there empty. That was a great NBA market for years. So who's the first league to get back into Seattle? The NHL. Last year, last summer, when... Everybody's wondering, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? Batman, to his credit, went to the NHL players. You know, obviously through the Players Association. Look, we're not starting anything until you tell us you're ready. 
how many weeks do you need to ramp up so you don't get hurt? And we are not going to start until then. Wow. You want to talk about leadership? They told him that's exactly what they did. He followed through. During that time when everything was was halted, they extended the basic agreement with the players. They got they tacked on four more years. I think it goes to what twenty six, twenty seven, something like that of labor peace. The players wanted to play in the Olympics. The NHL was not a part of the Olympics in South Korea. They wanted to play in the Olympics. He said, "Great, we'll change the schedule, and we'll get the Olympics." worked in to the schedule. New TV deal. They tripled their money. They got it back to ESPN. You'll see that starting tonight. And they got TNT. And they tripled their money. Now, are they the most popular sport on the planet? No. But have they done a good job of making the most of what they have? Yes. I mean, who got into Nashville before anybody? They did. Well, I think you know Major League Baseball is going to get into Nashville here at some point. But who's who's the only major sport in Nashville right now? The NHL. Okay. Got into Seattle. Only major sport right now in Las Vegas. NHL. Because they've been really smart about what they've been doing, and you have to give them credit. Credit where credit is due. So even though Matt wants to fire Gary Bettman. No. Hey, I give him, well, I did, but I do give him a lot of credit with the way he's handled the pandemic and he handled the next uh, negotiating contract and all that stuff. Hey, he handled that probably at the best out of any of the four major sport commissioners, to be honest. So I give him that. But, yeah, overall, it's been a pretty disastrous tenure. I'm saying the last six years, it's been one smart decision after another. Yes. I'll give him that credit. I mean... The NBA's not in Vegas. I would have assumed they'd easily be first. Never returned to Seattle. That was a big mistake. They're in there. Worked the Olympics into his schedule. Did that. Got new TV deals. Tripled his money. What more is he supposed to do? Like I said, I was fair about the opening part. The opening part was, you know, first few years. Three lockouts? Awful. Awful. So. Oh, well. But they start tonight. Uh, Daniel Snyder, I understand exactly where you're coming from on Daniel Snyder. I do. It's just, the only thing I look at something like that What is the process to get an owner out? And I don't know what that process is. I mean, you have to force them to sell, right? I mean, you can't fire an owner, right? I mean, how do you get them out? I know they're looking at all these emails, but... How do you get them out? Of, how do you get them out of ownership?
I mean, you can... I guess that's a good question. I, I There's got to be some way where he can be voted out or Roger Goodell can just, like... Well, they probably need, like, three quarters to get him out. Probably, from most things. Or is, or maybe they come up with some sort of settlement for him to leave. I, you know, something like that. Because all I'm saying is, if Daniel Snyder still survives all this as the majority owner, even though he pretty much has no voice anymore, but he's still the majority owner, so he's still getting the money from it, then... To me, everything else the NFL is doing, all these other incentives and initiatives they're doing for race and all that stuff, to me, is just still hypocritical. That's all. Who do you want to buy them? Anybody but Dan Snyder. (laughs) I guess for the NFL, it would be after somebody that agrees with the direction they're trying to move the league in which has all these social justice initiatives. It just doesn't yeah. make sense to have an owner who's been a nuisance and, and and obviously been very controversial ever since he's been ownership of this team to still be a part of the league and surviving all this when one of your biggest names as a head coach falls epically down from his tenure with the Raiders and yet everything else that's happened with Washington as well. It just doesn't make sense for him to still be benefiting financially even though he has no voice anymore, practically. just doesn't well, make any sense. Is, the difference is Gruden's an employee. Exactly. And he's an employee of, and he's an employee of management. But, and, and that's my point. That's what's wrong about this situation is you have a billionaire still surviving because he's a billionaire even though whatever what's happened in this is disgraceful. That's why I'm saying the NFL is hypocritical if if uh if he's still benefiting financially well, as the owner. That's all. Obviously, I'm no fan. So, okay. So, but I just, let me ask some questions that are um, devil's advocate questions. Okay. Okay. So the emails are with Bruce Allen. Correct. Right. Okay. Are there any emails with Daniel Snyder? We don't know that, but. Daniel Snyder, it seems that he knew he it seems like he knew it was go what was going on. Like you can't tell I'm me just, he didn't know what was going on behind the scenes here. His Bruce Allen was his right hand man. The two of them were friends. I understand that. But in order to get something, you have to have proof. No, I get you that. Can't, you can't have guessing. And obviously we don't have access to any of this. I'm not defending him. I'm just saying Right, no, I get it. The process. Fair. I'm not defending anybody here. Far be it me, but not by a long shot. But at the same time, I just can't have a gut feeling about it and go, hey, we got to get you out of here. When all it is is a gut feeling. Now, an employer can do that to an employee. All right, no question. But ownership's a different ballgame. And obviously, what they've done with the organization, they're a mere shell of themselves compared to where they were. No getting around it. And they're not a poorly... They are, quote, a poorly run group. 
And it starts with him. I mean, the laundry list of mistakes. But what's he worth? He's worth what? It's a couple billion, I think, yeah. Is it eight figures or nine? Excuse me, I'm sorry. Is it ten figures or eleven? I'm sorry. I'm getting figures wrong. Is it ten figures or or, or eleven? You know, and is he in the office every single day? And is he, you know, I mean, I, I can't answer any of those questions. I just don't know from 30,000 feet. I can't, you know, and yeah, you know, we all hear the stories, see the stories, but we proof. All right, so Dick and Milton, okay, on getting rid of owners. Dick, do you know how they can do it? Hello, Dick. Sorry about that. He's, I see him on hold there, but I think Matt has to call him up. That way he's on the air. Dick, I apologize. I'm just waiting for Matt to hit the button to put you on. So I apologize. Matt, could you call up uh, Dick and Milton, please? There we go. Yeah, Matt, can you call up Dick and Milton there? Because he's he's on the there line. There we go. There yeah, go. sorry, I was on hey. the other line. Dick. Hey, there, Steve. Hey. Yeah, Dick, sorry about that. Go ahead. Oh, that's that's fine. I'll just I'll kind of paraphrase what I was saying. I said getting rid of owners isn't that easy, but I wish they could get rid of owners that put out a, a, a less than quality product on the on the bit on the court or the field or the ice or whatever. But they can't do that because it all hinges on how many people show up, and a lot of people show up. Well, by and large, they do enough to, you know. I mean, obviously, I'll use the Orioles for example. They're just a, they're just a flat out terrible baseball team, and it's a terrible product. But you can't get rid of Angelos unless he wants to leave. Well, Peter it has nothing to do with emails he sends or anything. Or, or Bob Nutting in Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's what I'm, mm-hmm. I'm saying. Is it's it's a no-win situation all the way around. I feel bad for the people in Washington D.C. Obviously, and I feel bad for the ones in Las Vegas or Oakland or wherever they're playing in any given moment there, because uh, that's just that the whole thing is just ridiculous. Uh, yeah. There, one thing, but, but by and large, that's that's two two teams out of all the teams in professional sports, and and by and large, I would think you know probably less than somewhere between. Twenty and thirty or forty percent of them are, are, are just not not worth even watching anymore. They're just not that yeah. good. You are. I, I agree with you completely. I mean, and, 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 and you know this better than I do. Part of the problem in baseball is, in a lot of sports, is they've, they've saturated. There's too many teams for the quality of the athletes. And that's, I don't want to. I'm not taking away from athletes, college athletes, but you can't. You can't run a professional baseball team or a professional football team or a hockey team well hockey is just a little bit different with less than quality athletes I mean and that's what they try to do today no doubt under the guys uh, they they call them professionals but they're they're nothing more than glorified minor leaguers in a lot of cases well I mean the guys that let's go back to when you and I were younger uh, Dick the guys that would have been in double and triple A back because they had 20 what 24 franchises at one point 20 actually 20 at one point well, you got ten more franchises now. Those are, there's a lot of players that would have been in double and triple A back when we were kids. 
Right. Yeah. Well, and the other problem there is there weren't that many double and triple weight teams either. <laughs> just, it's right. exploded exactly. all over the country. I mean, as, exactly. as, the, as the nation's grown and there's a lot more people today and there's a lot more areas and what, mm-hmm. cities that want to that sponsor a team or have, you know, I mean, obviously hockey, they're playing in and baseball, they're playing in more than one country with Canada. And you know, I just, and, and, and the product is not that good at times. No, I agree. Um, I think, and to me, and I talked about this the other day, analytics is a great tool, but it's also become an excuse as to why somebody makes a decision. It's in the analytics. Like, hey, yo, either you know how to do the job or you don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Part of the yeah. job is instinct, you know? But I hear you. Can I ask you one question off topic? I didn't yell listen oh, yesterday. What's, oh, what's the situation with quarterbacks at Penn State right now? I mean, I obviously I know I know who's not maybe not going to play, well, but then they're off this well, week. I understand that. How deep are they? Two, three? Um, they only have five quarterbacks on the roster, and one is the Clark kid who's a walk-on who joined in August. The other one's Mason Stahl. Who's also a walk-on? They only have three scholarship quarterbacks on the roster: Sean Clifford, Taquan Roberson, and Christian Veyu. Those are the only three scholarship quarterbacks on the current roster. And how many of those? How many of those are actually in, injured right now? Two no. scholarship. No, the only. Is there one or the two? Only one, no, the only one that's banged up among the quarterbacks is only Sean's yeah. the only one that's been banged up. And we okay, don't I thought, extended, I thought for some reason I thought one of the other freshmen were one of the other. No, 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 no. Roberson and Bayou, the only two scholarship <laughs> quarterbacks are perfectly fine. Stahl and Clark are fine too, so there's no issue with the with the other four. So they do have a little depth, even though it's not experienced depth. Well, I think that's a good way of phrasing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, obviously, they don't have a lot of depth because you know they, I understand that from the game I watched, but I felt bad for. I felt bad. We should have won the football game by and large. We had a better football team than Iowa. Yeah, I but, agree with that completely. But at the so, end of the ball game, it's it is what it is, you know. You know, and, and I, there again, I don't I, know what, if you discussed it. I'm sure you did yesterday about all the all the penalties at the end, and they did. And it took them forever to go to the silent snap. You yeah, know? it's yeah, eight false starts. It's eight yeah. false starts, and you know the guy oh, the guy in the press box on TV was almost screaming at him. Just, I mean, what. Yeah, you know, I mean, eight, eight false starts. It's like I mean, I've never seen. The last time I saw Penn State bottled up in its own end with the inability to get out. Yeah, that was the third announcer at the time. It was 1988 in Birmingham at Legion Field, and Alabama had Derek Thomas, and Tony Sacco was a freshman quarterback. And unfortunately, Eric Johnson, who then transferred and actually played at Bloomsburg and used Bloomsburg to get to the NFL with the Chargers, struggled with Derek Thomas that day. And Penn State lost the game 8-3, to and one of them was a safety. They just couldn't get out of their own end. Well, let's just hope for good things from now on out. Get a couple weeks of rest, and maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get better. Get everybody healthy, too. So, well, that's 90% of the game, because when we're healthy, yep. we're pretty good. <laughs> yep, sure are. Sure are. Thanks, thanks, Steve. Dick, Dick, thank you. All right. I know we're late on the break. We'll be back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.
When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 